Welcome to the Birds Up Podcast, brought to you by the UTSA Alumni Association. We are your source on what's going on at the university, the Alumni Association, and all things Runner Nation. Because now and forever, we are Roadrunners. Roadrunners. Welcome, Runner Nation, to another episode of the Birds Up Podcast, brought to you by the UTSA Alumni Association, a podcast by runners for runners. And I'm your host, Drew Addison. And with me, as always, is my beautiful wife, Yvonne. How are you today? I'm doing great. Off from a fantastic weekend of UTSA celebration. Just the, not even the weekend, like even last week period, I felt like was all UTSA. Yeah. I uh, went to the NIL luncheon, which was awesome to see. Yes, yes. Followed by another amazing gala, Yvonne. And and to you, Yvonne and Yvonne Fernandez, congratulations yeah, thank you. on thank pulling you. that off. And yeah. the help of a, a current board member. Oh, with Jalen Events? Yes. Yes. I mean, her and her staff did an amazing job, like really on the operations side and helping us make sure we've dotted our I's and crossed our T's. And of course, thanks to David Dominguez from the UTSA alumni staff and Russell Wagner and, and everybody there at the staff who just did an awesome job kind of coming together and helping support. This is like all hands on deck. Really such a great event. Well, so saw, much fun. I saw Jamie at the event. And for somebody who's putting on an event like that, she she was calm, cool, collected. Oh, that's a true professional right there. Man. She knows what she's doing. She so had she's, it down. She's worked out. She's had so many events. She's worked out the kinks and she's prepared. But let me tell you this. Even if something is going wrong or things are on fire, Jamie is not going to let you know. I mean, she's going to take care of everything. It's like nothing's even happening, right? So thank her and her incredible staff for helping us. Absolutely. So, yeah. So we're putting all the numbers, still counting everything. Auction was a big hit. You know, obviously the night was all about our um, wonderful alumni award recipients. Mm-hmm. And I just can't, like, I'm still on this kind of cloud nine. It was great. And then also, of course, thank you to Ernie Zuniga, who had to fly solo. Unfortunately, Um, Monica Taylor came down with a a bug and wasn't able to join us for the evening. But Ernie, I mean, he didn't skip a beat. It was like he's been doing this for a little while. So (laughs) Um, shout out to him. So I really appreciate it. And being part of the it's always such a fun event, you know, having all the alumni together and then folks from all walks of life, really, and um, getting to meet some future podcast guests. Yes. Oh, gosh. (laughs) This is like the place to get connected with folks who are just going to be wonderful additions to our podcast repertoire coming up Mm -hmm. in season three. Um, and beyond. So. Yeah, it's awesome. But also, big thank you to the Gala's presenting sponsor, BMW of San Antonio. And thank you to the San Antonio Zoo for also sponsoring part of the after party. Yes, yeah. And, and Shout out to Jesse Vargas yes. on our alumni board who got us connected with the zoo sponsorship for the after party. He's He's such a great board member that came on this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're super excited to have him part of the team. And, and Russell actually sent me some basic numbers of the gala. So okay, I want to make sure okay. we get this included. 65 tables total, which mm-hmm. were 15 more than last year. Wow. And raised nearly $60,000 in silent auction and close to $100,000 overall. Oh, my gosh. That's, yes. like, that's awesome. What an event. Woo-hoo. What an event. Yay. So uh, it's if, if you missed it, make sure you uh, put it on the calendar for next year. Right. As every It'll be in August. <laughs> Date to be TBD, but uh, we'll make sure we get that out as soon as possible. Absolutely. We're going to do our debrief meeting as a team, so we'll we'll start working on all the details for next year. Right, yeah. right. Well, uh, I do want to do a quick shout out to the Alvarez College of Business Alumni Council. The Business of Sport Lunch and Learn on September 8th is starting at 11, 8, 11.30 a.m. and tickets are $20. This is going to sell out, so make sure you register. There are just a few tickets left. Like literally, there are just literally a few tickets Yeah, left. like a handful. Yeah. So, um, so make sure that you check the link on the show notes and get those last tickets that remain uh, as we invite uh, Dr. Lisa Campos to come and speak on her experience at UTSA, what it means for alumni to be engaged, and uh, really what is the world of UTSA moving into the American Athletic Conference right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked to her at the gala, and she's super excited about presenting at at this event um, and connecting with some alumni who will be there. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to, to having a great lunch and really learning about her experience and what yeah. it takes to, oh my gosh. And at the, <laughs> yeah, at the race facility as well. Oh, so yeah, we'll yeah. be doing the presentation there uh, and then there'll be some tours to follow yeah. as well. So maybe you might some, uh, catch some UTSA road and football players running around and some other athletes as well. Um, so definitely make sure you get those last few tickets. Yvonne, uh, what else do we have going on at the university and the alumni association? 
So if you weren't at the gala, but maybe you've seen it on social media, the big announcement that came out, we are officially rebranding the Alumni Association. So we are dropping the association name in our marketing and logo and everything. So we are, it's going to be UTSA Alumni and it, the new logo looks awesome. If you are following on social media or sharing things, we want everybody to use hashtag forever rowdy. So let me explain. It's forever, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-O-W-D-Y. So you see that overlap of the R from forever and the R on rowdy overlap. So it becomes all one word and they're sharing that R in the middle. The other fun really neat aspect is our tagline. The tagline is for the long run. So this is a lifetime. Once you become an alumni, you've graduated, you've earned those credentials, you are in it for the long run. So you're an alumni for life. And we're so proud to be able to celebrate and recognize and have this new branding um, affiliated with with our, our wonderful university and our wonderful alumni. To network. include all the eras of UTSA. To include all the eras, yes. There's a lot of touches from prior brands, prior years, prior, prior rowdies. rowdies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think it really feels inclusive. So I love it. I love That's it so awesome. much. Yep. A couple of other quick things to highlight. The announcement that just came out on August 24th is the UT System Board of Regents approved the funding for the San Pedro II development project. So, you know, the San Pedro one is the new big building downtown off Dolorosa. It houses the School of Data Science. And now we've got the new building coming up here shortly and it's right next door. And it is, there's an official groundbreaking happening in early 2024. But this approval by the Board of Regents means now it's poised to move from the design development phase to the construction phase. So they're working out all the last things to get it ready to really do that official groundbreaking in early 2024 and get construction going. And I was curious about the numbers on this one. So the building is is being supported by investments of over $52 million from the state of Texas tuition revenue bond and $72 million from UT System Permanent University Fund bond, which is the PUFF. I think we've talked about that in a prior podcast. And the Board of Regents also approved additional funding in the amount of $6.5 million from the revenue financing system bonds. So this brings it to a total cost of almost $131 million. So this is going to be a super awesome state-of-the-art. It's a lead a building. There's going to be a lot of sustainability in the design and really make it a nice figure piece in our downtown skyline. And it'll be a, a beautiful kind of twin sister of San Pedro one. So we're really excited about that. And then the other really cool thing that came out is the announcement of Erica Tatiana Camacho, who's been named the inaugural holder of the Manuel P. Barriozabal and Maria Antonieta Barriozabal Endowed Chair, um, as well as Professor of the UTSA College of Sciences, Mathematics, and Neuroscience Developmental and Regenerative Biology Departments. It's a lot, but she is a really accomplished mathematical biologist, educator, and advocate for um, equity in, in STEM. And if you um, kind of heard some of our earlier episodes, we talked about the Berezabel prep program, the engineering prep program that is offered for students in the summer, um, high school students. And we had a really nice recognition ceremony a few weeks ago for the Berezabels, and it was it was just a really special event. So here's kind of a cool thing about Dr. Camacho. She attended Garfield High School in East Los Angeles. She was a student of Jaime Escalante, so you would recognize him because he is the story behind the 1988 film Stand and Deliver. So that was a great movie. And a personal note, Lou Diamond Phillips graduated from the high school that we did, Flower Bluff High School. Respect those alumni. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, anyway, so we are so excited to have her part of UTSA family. And this is a wonderful recognition and obviously really recognizing somebody who has made significant contributions and accomplishments in her own career. Uh, So super excited about that. Okay, well, that sounds like a lot going on, which is always a beautiful thing. But I feel like with this whole fall semester coming in, 
seeing the excitement of the community that we mm-hmm. saw at the NIL luncheon, the excitement at the alumni gala. Yeah, um, I mean, there's just this build amongst the city and the alumni base yeah, um, yeah. and it's all carrying over to the students at the university as a whole. But getting our guests on that we have on today, this has been a work in progress for some time. Sure, sure. And, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, we had to kind of keep it under wraps, which was a hard thing to do because uh-huh. we were kept trying to prep like what's coming on on the yeah, season yeah. and and even leading up to any publishing of anything you know us actually uh, having him come in and interviewing him mm-hmm. was uh, such a really cool experience but today we welcome UTSA's record-breaking QB1 Frank Harris onto yep. the show mm-hmm. and you know a lot of us have had the opportunity to watch him grow as a football player as a leader you know really kind of see his connection to the community the city of San Antonio where he's born and raised yeah and you and I actually having a chance to meet his parents at the luncheon as well you can really really kind of see where his personality his drive his leadership where it all stems from sure, yeah. Um, yeah. and all the amazing things that he's done for UTSA in his time there he's entering into his technically a seventh season mm-hmm. in reality it's, it's his fourth due to some injuries and whatnot um, and COVID and the COVID yeah, year that. so um, you know obviously with his announcement of coming back as quarterback one for UTSA in this next season going into the AAC we cannot be more excited but uh, I do not want to delay this conversation any further uh, stick around for after the interview as we'll go over some more things happening at the Alumni Association the University and we'll be back in a bit birds up birds up all right so the last couple of episodes we've been talking about exciting guests that we've had on and yeah. exciting guests that were coming today is absolutely no exception sure. as we've been looking forward <laughs> to this conversation for some time it is UTSA's QB1 Frank Harris thank you so much for joining us today man of course thank y'all for having me it goes without saying that, uh, you know, you are a shining light of UTSA on getting us on the map and with regards to national exposure, which you guys have done with the football team, the conference championships, everything that's occurring within the program. And, you know, there, there's actually a lot a, a lot on you. Uh, and you're, I think you're our first guest that has a Wikipedia page. So that's pretty helpful. Too. Yeah. You do. Oh, you didn't it's know that? It's the old person. <laughs> Is it the old person? No, 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 no it's, it's you. you. They must have edited it because I it was like a person that was born no in like way. 19. Oh, my. 50 Gosh, something that everybody made. Oh, it's all on Twitter. They all made. They made fun of me last year wow. about that. But uh, but we are excited to have you in, man. I mean, we've uh, Yvonne and I went to the very first football game before I even attended UTSA. Uh, I think that was kind of like the defining moment of. uh, (laughs) You're like, I should go back and finish my degree. That's right. That's right. And early in the start of the podcast, we also had Eric Sozon. So it's great to have you come in and your perspective of where the team is now and all the success that you've had at UTSA. I want to go ahead and start with you growing up as a kid, starting playing football, I would assume, at a pretty young age. So how did a lot start with? You. We grew up kind of not country, but I guess you said a little bit. We grew up with horses. We had nine and a half acres out there in Floresville. So growing up, I wanted to be a professional bull rider. Um, I, I wow, read that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I, don't know how got out. I got an interview a couple years ago. And one of the reporters said that, and I don't know where she got that from. That was actually kind of. So I want to be a professional bull rider. My brother wanted to be a professional bronc rider. So growing up, we grew up doing those things. I started football when I was about age five. Played basketball since I was like four. Mm-hmm. My family's big basketball team. I was the only person that chose football. Grew up watching, you know, Michael Vick, Vince Young. Yeah. And I want to play quarterback because of those guys. Early on, you knew going in as a five-year-old that I want to be quarterback? I mean, I just like Michael Vick, you know. So I, I was number seven because of Michael Vick. I'm left-handed, so it was like oh, there we go. everything kind of added up. And then I wanted to change my position to receiver. My dad was just like, if you had the ability to play quarterback, I think you should stick with that. Probably the best decision I made. I love playing quarterback. We had Savion Harris on and having a chat with him and his experience playing football at a young age and really finding your spot in your position. Your dad was obviously involved with your development as a young player. Does that continue on today? Has that been the process throughout your career? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, Dad. Uh, he's a great. I mean, he's a great role model for me. My siblings show us how to be a man and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he didn't play at the next level. So once I started to get a little bit older, probably middle school, he kind of took that step back. Let me learn from the coaches. Definitely development to the quarterback and the person I am today. Mm-hmm. But once I got older, he kind of let the coaches and everybody else deal with me 
in that right. sense. You coming into, let's say, even junior high school, in high school, were there any coaches that really said, Frankie, you should really be focusing on this? I played basketball as well. My middle school coach told me that I should focus on basketball. If I mm-hmm. take it serious, he said I could be the next big name in the city. But basketball was just always fun to me. I never really loved it like I love football. Mm-hmm. But I always took sports serious. I wanted to go to play college football or basketball, go to college for free. And I wanted to make it to the next level. So I always had that in my head since I was young. You went to state championship in basketball. basketball. Oh, yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a busy year, dude. It was. It was <laughs> but crazy thing is, that was my sophomore year. We actually lost first round in football. So it was a it quick. Was it was, yeah, it was short. It wasn't, it wasn't too long. <laughs> then we went to basketball, made it to state, lost in state. You had a really incredible football career in high school. You come out as a three-star recruit. Universities start knocking on the door in a number of them. We're talking about Rice, Baylor, North Texas, Bowling mm-hmm. Green, Navy, Texas State, Georgia Tech, Louisiana Monroe, UCF, and New Mexico all coming at you. As a young man getting this attention, what is the thought process on making your selection where you want to go? Yeah, it was pretty cool because my first offer came in basketball my sophomore year to uh, Houston Baptist, which is Houston Christian now. Mm. Then they offered me to play football as well. So that was the only university offering to play both. Mm -hmm. I stopped playing basketball my junior year. My offer came from Texas State in football. I was in basketball practice. Mm. Coach Withers, who was the coach at Texas State at the time, reached out to me on Twitter. Couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I didn't know really how to, you know, explain how I felt. I was kind of like surprised. Wow. Then I started getting offers and then just praying about it, talking over my family, trying to decide what school to go to. It was kind of a no-brainer to go right down the road. Mm. But people don't realize that where I grew up at, we never came to this side of town by UTSA. Mm-hmm. So it was all new to me. It was a different world over there. I'm using GPS like everybody else. I never went to Lock and Terror before moving over there. So it was all still new to me. So everybody says I stayed close to home, which, I mean, relatively it is close, but it's a whole different world over there. Mm. Had to learn everything. Very nice, but it was a great choice for me. Yeah. You came in during the Frank Wilson era, redshirt freshman year, but you have Dalton Sturm that's playing quarterback at the time. What was it like coming into UTSA for the first time and getting reps with the team? So it was pretty cool. Dalton took me in under his wing, learned a playbook with Frank Selfa, who was a offensive coordinator, quarterback coach at the time. It was definitely hard because he just came from the NFL. I went to high school having an easy playbook to basically having an <laughs> NFL playbook. <laughs> it was difficult. And I remember my first scrimmage, one of the quarterbacks before the scrimmage started, he ended up deciding to just transfer like the day of the scrimmage. Oh, wow. I remember Coach calling out. He was like, two offense versus one defense. And that's when Marcus Davenport was there. Kevin yeah. Strong. Oh, no. Josiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at the time, I'm going with like the threes and fours. But that quarterback transferred. So this is my first scrimmage. He was like, Frank Harris quarterback. I'm like, me? <laughs> I'm like 180 pounds. I'm small. On Wikipedia page. It's yeah. terrible. It was, it was bad. I went out there, ended up getting tackled by Kevin Strong, messing up my shoulder. Oh, man. It was a pretty cool experience just to go out there. Yeah. 18-year-old playing with some grown men. They were big, right, right. fast. But it was just fun getting my feet wet. And like I said, Dawn did a great job and all other quarterbacks like Brandon Garza, you know, Bryce Rivers, they all take me under the wing. Learning a playbook, showing me how to be a quarterback at the college level and being a person that I am today. You're used to playing high school ball and then you step out on the field. Speed is completely different. Completely different. Right. So what was like the learning curve for you coming in? Granted, you have a brand new playbook that is, I would imagine, pretty lengthy. Now you physically have to keep up at that speed in order to operate, especially at the level you play at now. What were some of the things that you did early on to make those adjustments? I'll probably say when I got injured that the time I'm talking about, I realized I couldn't do those things at the next level that I did in high school, it was definitely a lot faster. The guy's a lot stronger. So I just wanted to develop more of the quarterback, and that's why I chose UTSA with Coach Selfo. He was going to do that for me, sit in the pocket more, learning the defenses, learning the coverages, mm-hmm. and not trying to run the ball as much as I did in high school. So all those things led me up to the quarterback that I am today. Mm-hmm. I try not to run the ball as much because those dudes are big. <laughs> they try to take my head off. Uh, so I'll run if I have to, but in high school I ran so much, and at this level you can't really take those many hits yeah. and play that style of football. So once I got to college, I realized, like, okay, I got to definitely develop, throw some routes quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, the windows are a lot smaller than they were in high school. Learn coverages. In high school, I don't really know no coverages. Yeah, I'm yeah. just playing football. <laughs> <laughs> you got to learn a lot of those things, adapt to a lot of things, and just let the game come to you naturally as it can. I guess we should mention, too, you went to Clemens High School. Yes, sir. So every guest that we have that is from San Antonio, we have to verify the high school that they went to. <laughs> <laughs> You're also the youngest of all of your siblings. I am. Tell us about your relationship with your family. Oh, uh, We're very close. We grew up in Converse, so I was supposed to go to Judson High School. I went to Judson Middle School, went to 
you know, Selena is Coronado Village out there in uh, Converse. But my two oldest siblings graduated from Judson. Um, my oldest brother went to the military for about five, six years. My sister went to Prairie View A&M. Mm. Then my other brother, which is closest to age to me, he went to Mary Hart and Baylor. Okay. Um, but then he ended up going to Clemens with me and graduated from Clemens. Um, so me and him were closest because we grew up together, together most of the time. Right, He's yeah. only about almost two years older than me. Okay. Um, and then my sister, she's about seven years, eight years older than me. My brother's about 10 years older than me. Um, so growing up, you know, I didn't get what I wanted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> they didn't take it easy on me. So that's why I think I'm the person I am today. Mm. I had to work for everything. It wasn't like, oh, you're the youngest. Here you go. It was like, no, you are the youngest. You're not going to get what you want. Oh. Yeah, you're going to yeah. listen to me. Yeah. Um, so it was a very unique how we grew up. My brother, that's two years older than me, he took care of me a lot. Um, my parents are gone for the most part, uh, working and stuff, mm-hmm. especially during the summer. Then my two other siblings were in college, mm-hmm. are gone, so yeah. it was really just me and him. So wow. he's providing for me a lot, you know, cooking for me, uh, being a, doing a, what a big brother does. Yeah. Uh, so me and him were really close. Uh, and still to this day, you know, me and my siblings are very close. Um, I'm actually going to see them tomorrow once I graduate. Yeah. graduation. Yeah. So uh, very close and uh, definitely appreciate them. Wow. So and you're completing your master's, uh, so congratulations Appreciate on that. Wow. That is awesome, man. It's a huge accomplishment. What's your degree in? Public administration. Okay, very good. Yeah. I'm really interested to, to learn about how you uh, chose your degree path. What was the, the method of, of doing that? My undergrad, I remember I wanted to go visit one of my friends out there at Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and uh, my advisor, Lydia, called me at the time and was like, you got a day to decide what degree you want to go <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, no way. So I'm like on the phone with my mom, like, mom, what should I, what do? I do? And I told my advisor, whatever degree I don't have to take another math class, that's what I want to yeah. do. So we narrowed it down to a couple. And I said, let's see what sociology is about. So I said I declared a sociology degree. Went and took a class with Favor Campbell. That's probably my favorite professor out there. Nice. I loved it. And then I was like, this is the best one for me. I, I love, you know, sociology. I feel like you can use it in the real world. Mm-hmm. And it's not just stuff that you're going to use just in school and forget about, you know, once you graduate. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely, you know, the best choice for me. And I, and I definitely love the sociology. Yeah. And then so then I was I was also kind of fascinated about uh, going into public administration for your master's. Was that more of like a career idea plan or like how did you like thinking further down the road? Like, how did, would you utilize the public administration? So honestly, are my, you going to politics? I don't want to. <laughs> So honestly, my <laughs> oldest brother, he got out of the military and got his master's degree in public administration. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do uh, master's in. And I wanted to do something that's kind of broad because my sociology degree is kind of broad as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking him how he liked it. He's like, man, you know, it, was, it wasn't too hard. It was this, it was that. So I'm like, I guess I'll do <laughs> I guess public administration. Nice. <laughs> so no math classes, right? That's literally, that's literally why. I did. Yeah. It was literally like a no brainer. Like, all right, I guess I'll do it. So I did it. Man. So, well, I mean, it's it's student athlete experience is interesting too, right? Because you don't you're not really afforded any real spare time outside of studies and being ready Game, for the focusing season. Focusing on that, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So coming out of high school, um, lifestyle changes. I'm sure coming into the university. Um, how did you adjust to this new schedule and, and the tightening of, of that ship? So my parents are both, they're both retired law enforcement. So, you know, growing up, it was always, we're going strict schedule, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't really hard for me to adjust, you know, whatever the schedule was, I was going to wake up on time, do what I had to do, be there, give them my all. So it really wasn't a hard adjust for me. I said that probably the hardest thing was just time management, like you said, because you're free. You don't have any parents. Yeah. You don't have yeah. Nobody telling you what you have to do besides your coaches. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you're grown men at that point. So coaches, you know, try to let you be grown men. So it was just pretty cool just to be by myself. Yeah. I, I could do really whatever I wanted to do, leave whenever I wanted, come back whenever I wanted. Um, like I said, I was very disciplined as a, as a kid growing up. So um, I was always doing what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, but doing what I needed to do as well. So mm-hmm. I always knew I wanted to play football and graduate. So I definitely got those things done. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's it's incredible just to uh, kind of get a grip of like what the schedule is like for you guys and how difficult that can be. And, you know, it's one thing that we talk about a lot too is, you know, how can alumni get engaged with the student athlete alumni that are either in their professional careers already or about to transition into that, you know, because you don't, you're not afforded the opportunity to go get job experience. Yeah. That's true. You know what I mean? So I feel for the student athletes in the sense that, you know, your focus is the team. That's your job. That's it is. You know? So, you know, we definitely want to try to find ways to open up, you know, job opportunities and anything that we can do to support 
you yeah. know, the student athletes of, cool. of all the sports, you know. Yeah. So we'll definitely be getting with you and Savion yeah, to, to get all that lined right. up. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but but uh, so, you know, you get redshirted your freshman year. And then, so this is 2017, you get you get brought on. 2018, you don't play as either, right? So how, like you have these first two years of D1 football where you're just basically waiting for a shot. Yeah, it was a little rough. Um, so my senior year, I tell my, my left ACL. Mm-hmm. And it was ironic because the quarterback coach and OC at UTSA was actually at the, at the game, and we were playing Judson, the high school I was supposed to go to. Oh, so man. I wanted that game bad. Uh, tore my ACL then, and then I come redshirt UTSA, and then that next year comes, I tore my right ACL. So it was just like a— Oh, my gosh. It was still a tough time, you know, trying yeah. to figure out, you know, if I still wanted to play. Um, this was a sign from God to do something else. So it was definitely a rough time for me. Um, so I just— Got close to my family, you know, prayed about it and uh, stuck it through. I, and that takes a lot, too, right? Because, you know, with the damage that happens in those injuries like that, it's, you know, I feel like that the surgeries have gotten better. Uh, yeah. Recovery has gotten a lot better as well. Um, there's actually been award-winning research done at UTSA where they created this new sleeve that actually, I think, helps with the healing yeah, process. It, or, like, accelerates it. and Yeah, so uh, they just won an award, a national awesome. award on that. Okay. Um, but as a young man coming through this, you get injured. You have your delay and your chance to go and play uh, just to have that mindset of like, okay, I'm going to continue on down this path. You know, it takes, I would imagine it takes just a lot of, like you said, thought and, yeah. and prayer on like, what do I need to do now? Seriously. You know what I mean? But, you know, 2019 comes around and you get a start. Right. So tell us about whenever you're given the the green light that you're about to go out there and play in your first uh, D1 football game. What was that week like leading up into that? Man, it was a crazy week. Um, they were playing UIW, I think, for the first time. Yeah. So it was a big, you know, roar around the city. Yeah. Um, a lot of hype was going on around it. Yeah. And just going out there and playing football again, it was, I mean, it's like nothing like it, especially playing in Alamo Dome. Uh, I was forcing to play, uh, I think, one or two games there in high school. Um, but it's nothing like it playing at the college level, you know, the seats are yeah. filled. So it was definitely, I wasn't nervous. I just want to go out there and play. Uh, I had a great time out there with my teammates, and uh, we came up victorious. Yeah. Well, it was a good game. Yeah, it, it was. was. <laughs> it was a fun game. It was. But wasn't the, 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 the next game that was against Baylor, wasn't it? That was bad. We got killed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got killed. <laughs> that was bad. So and so think about, like, thinking about that. Because we beat them the season before. It was the away, season before. Right there. Yeah. That was a great game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were at that game. It yeah. Was, that was that awesome. game was crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to put my my myself in your your mindset of like you're you're going into your first game against UIW, this first D1 football game. There's got to be an incredible amount of excitement getting out there and taking that first snap and, and getting it going. Uh, but then you know the following week uh, you have Baylor and you're going to Waco. So and you you walk into that stadium and you're going against the Baylor Bears. You know what is it like being in the locker room of that stadium knowing you're about to run out there to that field and get it like get to work as a competitor I was excited to play you know against Baylor big university got recruited yeah um, but they actually offered me to play defense they said oh. I wasn't you know I guess you say good enough to play quarterback mm-hmm. so they offered me to play defense and I kind of felt you know disrespected by that because I've never played defense yeah, yeah. And I'm That's like how do you crazy. know I can play yeah. <laughs> um so it was it was it was a great experience to go out there play as a big team like that um, yeah. they definitely killed us yeah. <laughs> it was a bad so it's, they killed us the speed of which that team plays also right so like we went to the ut game i always kind of wonder in your position playing at the d1 level between the conference usa competition and then we you start getting into uh the sec or the, like the power the five, power five teams right like what is this the play difference and whether it's the speed or or just overall ability is there is there much of a difference between the two to me, I don't think there is. Um, I think versus Baylor, maybe so, just because that's my second game. Yeah. You play against yeah. UIW, and then you go to play Baylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big jump. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I got older and we started to play, you know, like UT, I mean, I've been playing for a little while now. So mm-hmm. I think it was kind of similar. Um, only thing I would say is, that, you know, the crowd was – Yeah. It was crazy at that game. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a lot of people there, but – for the most part, I mean, it's football. We have a lot of guys on the team that had a lot of big offers that chose us at UTSA. So um, we have the talent level to compete against anybody. I just think the name just, you know, might ring a bigger bell. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. other than that, it's still football. 
Yeah, I mean, it's in, we live in a fascinating time. You were talking about your early recruitments being on Twitter. It just blows my mind, right? Like, <laughs> like that's, that's where we're at. But we're also like battling with the transfer portal, right? And, yeah. and you know, I know that Coach, Coach Trailer and and uh, the local communities, you know, we're trying to do everything that we can to help combat that that struggle. But, you know, I, w- I would imagine that, you know, whether it's on social media or whatever it is, like, how do you push that noise down? Because I mean, there's got to be people coming after you. Um, my dad told me when I was getting recruited, once I committed somewhere, I wasn't going to be able to decommit. And then, my, you know, my first couple of years, whenever I was hurt, you know, UTSA was honoring my scholarships and they were there for me. So my dad always told me, if I'm fortunate enough to play, that's me repaying back, you know, UTSA and everybody who was still by my side. So I'm a big man on uh, commitment. I feel like there's no reason for me to leave. If nobody nobody has done me wrong at UTSA, so I would feel wrong doing UTSA wrong if I were to just up and leave just because. So yeah, it's it's it is scary to think about too. Like as as fans, yeah. right? We we know like with all the exposure that UTSA is getting and what you guys have, have provided for the university, that you know you're going to be having those looks from P5. For sure, yeah, you know, yeah. and you know the donor base is there. They're they're a bunch of older schools. Yeah, so yeah. they got they got yeah, they got, they got like uh, generational wealth. Yeah, there, they got some big money. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's something that, you know, I, I think we're having a, a bit of a shift in the, in the alumni base. And I, th- I feel like, too, that there's uh, maybe a, an even tighter connection that's happening within the alumni network that is really only going to grow. But what's wild is like, like the average age of the, the alumni uh, of UTSA. Yeah, it's like uh, still pretty young. Still, still it's very young. Exactly. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So like we're just we're growing to exactly. our, our mm. pinnacle of our career. I say, I've, I've always told people that, yep. you know, so it's, it's just going to take a little bit more time, I yep. think. But thankfully, we have some really great great donors that are out there people starting the momentum laying that groundwork yeah as a quarterback you know any sort of change in coaching does kind of i'm sure raise some flags for you as far as like where where are you going to stand who's going to come in and do they are they going to look at you the same way that coach wilson does right uh what was it like for you with you meeting coach trailer for the first time Whenever we had his press conference, I actually went uh, just to see what he believed in, how he was. Um, I reached out to a couple people at Arkansas that were on the football team to ask to see how Coach Trailer was, and everybody spoke very highly of him. Um, so I just wanted to see, you know, how he was for myself from Jump Street. You know, he's been a man of his word. Everything he says, he, he does. Mm-hmm. So from there, I mean, he, I've been a fan of him since, and uh, it's just been growing. And I love Coach Trailer. He's done a great job for the UTSA, um, but San Antonio as a whole, if you Get the chance to meet him. You, he's a stand-up guy. Yeah. He is, I mean, yep. Easy to like, easy to play for. Mm. I mean, so many good things you can say about him. Yeah. I mean, it's it was really fascinating, again, from the outside looking in on the program whenever the coaching change happened. You know, I talked to Savion about this, too, was that, you know, it, it was almost like the shift that we saw from the outside looking in was that, like, the team started to click as a team, <laughs> like, when, the, when that change happened. And Coach Trailer's coaching style is very much uh, team-oriented versus individual abilities, right? You know, you, you got to have guys out there that can make the plays. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it's also very important that the team, that I think the success of the team and the championship wins is largely due to the fact you guys actually are cohesive as a team now. I agree. You know, so and it just like when you watch the NFL, the teams that win the Super Bowl, they Cowboys, for instance, they've always had the talent to win the Super Bowl. Problem is they couldn't work work as a team to get it done. Yep. Right. And we saw that shift in uh, UTSA and what you guys have done. And I can tell you, it really does help unify the base as we yep. go and do this stuff. But, you know, th- you go to his press conference. When was the first time he called you in for a meeting to meet him? Yeah. We had he he wanted all the players to go in, have a meeting with him, and I think list like three or five things that were good about the program and three or five things that were bad about the program. Um, so I think I was maybe one of the first ten guys that went in there and spoke with him. So as soon as he got in, I think I don't know if he called me before he had the press conference or after. Um, he spoke with me on the phone, and then uh, when he got settled in the office and stuff, I went in and spoke with him. He said he'd been watching film to see like who who he was getting uh, stuff like that, yeah. but. Uh, He's a, he's a great dude. Um, and I said, like, I liked him from Jump Street. We had a couple guys on edge trying to see who he was, mm-hmm. kind of figuring him out. And he understood that, too. So he he didn't try to press too hard. Um, and he always says trust is truth over time. So he knew that we would start to trust him, um, but he just needed some time. So uh, mm-hmm. he kind of laid back, kind of said what he had to say. And then gradually, you know, everybody just, you know, fell into what he was talking about, what he believed in. And you know, look where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really incredible, man. And you started the year before Coach Trailer came in. Is that? Yeah. I did when I yeah, had your junior played, year. And uh, I played three games, and that's when I tore my right. leg. Okay. 
I got hurt, so then I, I didn't play the rest of that season. And then the year after that was COVID year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Coach Trailer's first year, and I started with Coach Trailer. Right, okay. You're going to the first game, right? Because, I mean, you're at your practice, and I'm, I'm sure there's probably not much delineation between what it's like running practice versus, you know, how the stuff being called out on the field in a game. But Coach Trailer, we didn't know who he was, really. I, mean, I it, didn't either. Everybody in East <laughs> Texas did. But. Yeah, everybody yeah. over there, but I didn't know who he was either. Yeah, so, you know, we were kind of wondering, like, who's this Jeff Trailer guy, right? Because there were some names being tossed around as a replacement and then when he came in you know we just kind of you know got to trust the process yes, yeah, trust me I was saying well, I was advocating for some other guys <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Coachella was either and uh, Dr. Campos told me just you know trust what she's doing and we're going to love him and she was right yeah, yeah. I mean it, it, it worked out well I mean yeah. uh, you know so let, let's talk about coming into the 21 season was there a shift in the locker room, do you feel like coming into that season? Because I feel like, too, you know, there's like a, when change happens, you can almost feel it. Yeah. You know, coming into the, the first championship season, what was it like in the preseason? Was there any sort of a dynamic shift? I think we just started to. So when Coach Trailers first got there, we didn't have any spring ball. So um, we really went around the coaches. So we didn't really know them as well as mm-hmm. we probably should have. Mm-hmm. So it was still kind of relatively new. They're learning us. So we're learning them. So that first season with Coach Trailer during the COVID was we all learning each other. Mm-hmm. learning um, how people deal with adversity, how people deal with this, how people deal with that. So I think we were just trying to figure each other out. Um, and I think COVID played a big part of that. Um, we're missing guys this game, this game. Mm-hmm. In the bowl game, we were listing like 25 oh, guys. Coachella yeah. was gone. Yeah. Yeah. We were there. Um, <laughs> yeah, was we gone. It, was just, it was just weird yeah. during that year during COVID. Yeah, it was, it was very... just weird for everybody, yeah. not yes. just us. Yes. Um, so I think that next year, we kind of knew who each other were, really got close, learned the culture, stuff like that, learned the playbook a lot more. And I think that's really when we took off. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely was was a great experience for sure. Mm-hmm. As a quarterback, you know, you have to be the a leader, at least at least of the offense, if not the whole team. Yeah. When did you kind of realize that? Did you kind of realize that early on? Or did you feel that the leadership role was more of a responsibility under this new uh, coaching leadership? I, I kind of would say kind of like my whole life, I kind of just been kind of like a graduate leader um not really vocal just kind of like how I go and carry myself um and just playing football I kind of have a unique relationship with everybody on the team like mm-hmm. specialists I mean I'm cool with everybody on the team yeah. the walk-ons um defensive guys offensive guys so it doesn't really matter so I think just my relationship with those guys makes me the leader that I am mm-hmm. um and it's how I carry myself uh, I don't really say too much mm-hmm. But they know if I do say something, something's going wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I just kind of, you know, accepted the role. And I just like to be there for the guys, even outside of football. Mm. I just think it's just more uh, than just football and just having a genuine relationship with people. Mm. Um, that's what I think makes me, you know, the leader that I am is, you know, relationship I have with the guys and not, you know, how good a football that I am. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a perfect you know, kind of encompassing of your character and why Express News awarded you Sportsman of the <laughs> yes. Year. Yeah, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. So, so did, were you expecting that? Was that a surprise? Was that? Uh, I honestly didn't know what it was. <laughs> uh, they had did called they, me. Did they put you on Twitter and uh, tweet <laughs> no, you? No, our media guy, our media guy asked me if I would be available to accept it, and I told him I would. Then I started to learn more about it, that it was a big thing. I mean, I just thought it was just another yeah. award, but yeah, I guess yeah, it was yeah. kind of a big Big deal. Yeah. Um, it was a great experience to go out there and meet some people. Yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. so well deserving. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's, you know, a nice thing to put on your resume and yeah. on your career, you know, it's a legacy building, you know what I mean? And, you know, for somebody, a quarterback that has is a holding over 30 records uh, at UTSA. <laughs> uh, you know, it's pretty incredible the, the legacy that you are building. What is it about the work that you're doing now? Because I'll be honest with you, whenever when we were coming out of last season, second conference championship, we know we were moving to a new conference. As fans, thinking in the back of our brain, like Frank's gonna go. Like when, when we and when we heard you coming back, like yeah. of course we were, <laughs> we're like, thank God. Okay, we're going to the the, the uh, American, and we'll 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 be okay. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. So like. Coming off of this last season, you know, what was that thought process like? Because I mean, I would imagine the noise of transfer portal and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even potentially NFL, things like that. Like, what, what was the, the driving factor of you staying? So, like I said, Coach Trailer's a great guy. I love playing for Coach Trailer. I don't think there's probably any college coach out there that's like him. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of person he is. We get a lot of free time off, how he treats you, cares about you as a person. So, we definitely get, you know, treated very well at UTSA. And then, just like I said, my dad, we, I, I, that wasn't even a thought about, you know, transferring. I, that never right. even entered my mind. Yeah. The only thing that entered my mind was just trying to make it to the next level or just, you know, if that doesn't work out, start, you know, 
my regular life. Um, Politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> then I just thought about it, prayed about it. You know, Coach Shayla wanted me to come back. And uh, honestly, I've only played three years. I mean, I've been there for a while, it's but true. I've only played three seasons, yeah. football seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I would be robbing myself if I didn't play, you know, my fourth year, yeah. um, even though I've been there since 17. And everybody tries to say I've been there for seven years. Technically, yeah, yeah. I've been there for six because I came in <laughs> summer of 17. That's yeah. right. It's only been my seventh football season. Right. So let's just get that yeah, out. Yeah, 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 there yeah. you go. Set yeah, the record yeah. straight. So uh, it was kind of like, and then I love playing my teammates. Uh, I love going to seeing those guys every single day. And I just would feel bad if, if I just said, you know, I'm going to leave y'all. Mm. Yeah. And, I, and when Coach Trailer accepted, because he was getting calls everywhere, too. Oh, yeah, mm. we know that. And I yeah. told him, like, oh listen, yeah, if, I, if I come back, you're not leaving. So <laughs> I had go. to set yeah. that straight. He's yeah. like, if, if you come back, I, I'm, I'm here. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like a no-brainer. I'm definitely excited for it, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. fascinating, too. You've had teammates, multiple teammates, that have, have gone on to the next level, uh, making that decision to to put their name into bid for the uh, to get drafted, right? And when, once you make that declaration, you're, you're out, yeah. right? Yeah. I, mean, I would imagine with like sincere and and Spencer and, and all those folks like having that conversation with them like like I'm going like Spencer going I was I was sad to see him go because he was just the force what? you know and You're a beast and for whenever a, a key protector of you <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, what's the the conversation with with them on them making that decision granted I'm sure you're happy for him but yeah you know what, what's that conversation like so I've been knowing Spence for a while because you know we grew up in San Antonio as well so uh I, I was recruiting at UTSA, got a great relationship. So uh, I remember he told me the scout said he'd go third or fourth round. I'm like, you got to go, bro. Like, you got to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's been our dreams with little kids. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely happy for him. He's doing a great job out there. It's pretty cool to see him in the NFL when I turn on the TV yeah. and then us growing up. It's just like a, it's not real, you know. Yeah. Me, me saying I actually know him, like I can call him right now. He'll, right, he'll yeah, answer yeah. the phone call. It's yeah. pretty, pretty cool. He blogging for Debo Samuel and stuff like yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool how everything turned out. Well, I mean, so we're watching him this last season. I feel like we, I'm a new fan of a lot of different NFL teams mm-hmm. now that we have uh, Roadrunners out yep. there. Yeah. But you have oh, a, yeah. a season like uh, Tariq and and Spencer like really being discussed as rookies of the year yeah. in the NFL at the same time. Yeah, yeah. we're Rick, just like, I what? mean, it's crazy because you know Tariq came in playing receiver, so. Uh, Here's my receiver coming in. Yeah. So I was talking to him, you know, senior year, talking about what we're going to do. Um, and then we changed his position, and he was he was mad. He didn't yeah. want to go change his position. And just seeing him going out there, almost winning rookie of the year. I mean, he's having a crazy year. And I remember I'm driving him around because he didn't have a car at the time. And now he probably got like 20 cars. Uh, it's the same thing, like seeing how him him transition, being a, like becoming the player that he is now, it's, it's pretty special and yeah. pretty cool when I see people talk about, you know, Tariq Woolen, and I'm just like, dang, I really know it. Like, I'm really close to him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it means something, you know, it, it hits a little bit harder when you actually know somebody, the type of person that they are, and then you see them going out there and shining on Sundays. Yeah. So you, you were talking about how, like, the scouts are basic, could basically kind of give you an idea of where you yeah. you end up falling. What are the conversations around your opportunities that, because I'm, I'm sure the scouts are looking at you and saying, you know, maybe this year it's not the, not the better year because it's a full class, or what's that conversation like? I feel like uh, I'm always going to be the underdog, you know, even even last year, I was whenever I was talking about you know trying to for the NFL, they were saying that um, I'm not better than 34 other guys. I'm ranked 35th, and mm. I don't have a strong arm. Uh, I'm not tall. I'm injury prone. I, I mean, I hear everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was getting like sixth, seventh, undrafted. I wouldn't play in the NFL. I go to the, I'm an XFL guy, I'm a USFL guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but during my whole recruiting process in college, I mean, I heard the same thing. So I don't let that get to me. Yeah. This is just fuel to the fire. Yeah. I don't go out there and play for those people anyways. You know, I go out there and play because I love the game and I just want to be inspiration to the little kids. Yeah. If it works out, it does. If not, I feel like I've done all I set out to do at UTSA. And I just wanted to keep inspiring the little kids. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, you see a lot of people drafted later on and, like, go on to, like, Hall of Fame careers. Yeah. Like, it's, of course, you get see people in first round that nothing Don't pan out. Co- doesn't pan out. So and I it think happens more often than not. Yeah, I mean, and it's such a, it's just so competitive. And, it you know, is. it's sometimes being in the right place at the right time and being yep. with the right team and yeah. right coaching staff and all. It's just interesting how you spend, you know, a couple hours a week watching something happen on TV, but what it takes to put all of that together. Yeah. yeah. 
So, and I can't imagine like in scenarios where the stadium is so loud mm. and you're having to try to communicate with each other. Like I can't, oh, I can't even imagine. So, it's <laughs> exciting to watch. It is, it is. <laughs> That's what we talked to Savion about too. I was like, how do y'all even talk to each other? That we don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, like the, the Texas game, I probably had like five false starts because they, I, they couldn't hear me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to be as loud as I could, but yeah, yeah. the crowd was so loud that... Yeah. I mean, that was probably the only time we probably had to let the crowd affect us. But yeah. other than that, I mean, you just go out there and play football. See, fans, it works when we're out it there does, and we're does. filling that I stadium and we're cheering loud. It works. I it promise works. you it works because, I mean, if they can't hear me to, to, to say the cadence, then I can never get the ball. Yeah, so. yeah. So I want to add a, a kind of expand a little bit more about something in particular. And we, we mentioned this luncheon kickoff event and, and raising funds. And I know that obviously the race facility has really just – catapulted even greater, you know, resources mm-hmm. and things for you all as a player. And we hear a lot from the, the coaches and, and leadership about the resources and the, the facilities and things. And, and obviously, you know, there's still some things that, that we can, um, as a community, as a business community, as fans and alumni support, especially on the fundraising efforts. But as a player, kind of looking at what you guys have now and compared to some of the other schools and things like that, can you give us like a little bit of just some examples of some of those facilities and things that that could be even even more helpful to y'all's programs? Like from a player's perspective, what did that look like? I would just say we're definitely fortunate to, to have a race mm-hmm. um, coming from the other. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> facility, <laughs> I guess. Portables. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible to have them in a race. It's like night and day. So sure, we're definitely sure. fortunate and blessed to be there. Um, but I think like uh, having an indoor facility mm-hmm. would be very beneficial, whether you know, doesn't matter what the weather is outside. Yeah. Um, and sure. like the nutrition, I think that plays a big part as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, having some good nutrition for us um, and not just, you know, eating bad food because yeah. that's all we could afford. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now in the off season. Exactly. <laughs> so I would just say stuff like that, some resources maybe in the training room to, to for recovery purposes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that's something like you probably had to ask Coach Trailer. I don't no, really no, know no. what all we really do need. Yeah, but as a player, like, you know, you're like, oh, man, I wish I had this or that. Me, if, it, I mean? if it was just for me personally, yeah, yeah. I would just say indoor. Indoor? Okay. Because sometimes it'd be yeah. raining outside or too cold or yeah, yeah. too hot uh, to try to do something. And uh, when you have indoor, you can go out there any time of the day and true. put yeah. in work and not worry about any of that. And we play in the Alamo Dome. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's yeah. what I try to tell you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, people talking about building an outdoor stadium. I'm like, no. No, I promise you, no. we love that dome. We love the Alamo Dome. We need it to be 72 degrees. All right, trust me. The weather is not a factor. That's a perfect. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it is really awesome because we, we did the tour of it, of the race facility, and just the importance of even the recovery side of things. Because yeah. when you're talking about playing a game every single week at that level, like you know, the recovery needs to happen. Yeah, it has to go quick, too. You know, the, the, the hits that you're, that you're taking in particular, like we see them every time and everyone flinches. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, coming out of those games, what is the recover, typical recovery like from, I guess, that Saturday night to leading up to the next game? So Saturday night, I'm usually not too bad. I might be a little sore, not too bad. Sunday morning, you know, we have like a yoga session. I'm pretty sore, usually Sundays. Uh, Monday, we're usually off, still pretty sore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tuesday come around, we have practice and then weights. So, uh, t- but Coach Shredder does a great job taking care of us. So, depends on how the team is feeling. Uh, we wear GPS trackers under our uh, pads, mm-hmm. tells you how much workload you did, all those things. So, oh, wow. if it's too high, he'll pull back off of us during practice because we wear them during practice as well. Oh, wow. Um, but like I said, for me personally, Coach does a great job taking care of me. Um, he knows that my knees, you know, sometimes are not the best. So uh, yeah. he does a great job of letting me ease into Take practice and yeah, and uh, stuff like that. So, you know, when Saturday comes, you know, we're a healthy team. Each and every week, we're ready out to go out there and play. As, as ready as he can be. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> – hey, Coach does a great job. You know, some guys that might miss a couple uh, periods of practice to, to get their bodies right. But, you know, on Saturdays, we're all ready to go. So I just think it's just Coach Trailer trusting in us and uh, letting us do what we do yeah. do for our, with our bodies and uh, take care of ourselves. And we go out there each and every Saturday and put on a line for each other. 
Well, the last couple of seasons were really amazing. Um, never would have thought, you know, to just to even make it to the championship game, much less win <laughs> it. Um, you know, as fans who's been going for since game one, yeah. um, it's, it was definitely incredible. It, it had many heart attacks throughout the season. <laughs> yes. I remember the season before COVID and that next season, we were supposed to play LSU away yeah. Yeah. after they had won the championship the year before. And I was oh, like, yeah, I remember that. What? That was going to be my first start. My and first then COVID start. happened, and yeah. it was like, okay. Yeah. That, was, that was my first yeah. start. Then we're going to play Houston. Yeah. Right. That was my first yeah. start. Then Hurricane Harvey came. So then oh, we, yeah. Dang. So you got W was perfect. Easy win. Yeah, you got W was perfect. I got this. I'm glad you brought that up because you know now we're coming into this next season, uh, new conference early in the season. You're going to Rocky Top to play Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I, I know you guys probably don't want to think that far ahead but you know there's got to be something that is kind of crossing your minds like what you know stepping into uh again another uh another large stadium another large school especially a, a contender for the national championship um you know, how do you get your mind right for a big game like that like i said like as a competitor that's you live for those moments like growing up you you want to go to those big schools mm-hmm. so that's something you always dreamed of um so that's those are the games you just can't wait for you get anxious about so like UT game, I mean, it was nothing like it. You know, mm. running out there and seeing all the fans, it was, yeah. it was something. Oh, there was you can't, a lot of UTSA it was, people there. That that is true. Yeah. it was it was just a great experience. You just go out there and play football in front of right, that many people. Yeah. Um, so I think that's how we look at it. And coach always says, uh, pressure is a privilege. Um, but we don't see playing football as you know as pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just a game at the end of the day. So we're just gonna go out there. Have a great time and just play football. That's incredible, man. And I, I do want to also want to talk a little bit about the quarterback room, some additions, things that are happening. I, I, you know, you're the clear leader. What are the uh, the other quarterbacks in the room? Uh, how, how is it, everything playing out? I mean, I'm sure those guys are probably jockeying for number two position. Yep. Do they are they leaning on you? Having conversations with them, kind of getting them prepared. They are. I mean, I'm the oldest one in the room by far. Yeah. They're, they're, those guys are young, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I just try to guide those guys. You know, Eddie's doing a great job. He's been there the longest um, mm-hmm. after me. Um, and then uh, Owen coming in, McCown, yep. he's doing a great job as well. And then we got two freshmen, BT and then uh, Jackson, Gilkey. Um, those guys are two freshmen. So uh, they're still learning the playbook, still getting everything. And uh, so it would be great. Yeah. Um, Eddie and uh, Owen are still competing. They, they had a great spring, both of those guys. Um, so I'm just, you know, curious to see who it's going to be. Yeah. Um, they had some gunslingers, so yeah, um, they're for sure going to be great for us. I think as fans, too, we need to be thankful, uh, again, for the fact that you're coming back to kind of guide these young players as well because it's the, the that's the legacy, right, is, sure. is working with these younger players, getting them prepared to play at, at that level. And, you know, I, I felt bad for Marburger, the UT game, because he – he got put in there, and poor guy. Like I, I felt for him, man. But you know, I'm sure to to him, it was a probably a pretty incredible experience just yeah. to run out there. But it's like again, when it comes down, when we're talking about like your overall legacy at your time at UTSA, the impact you're having from a games played perspective, from a stat, statistical perspective, but also to these younger players coming in and continuing on this this path of hopefully continued success, it leads us into the American Conference, right? When you heard about the, the conference change, I would, I would, I'm sure it was in the works for some time. What, what do you see that change in conference meaning for UTSA? I mean, it's a great stepping stone for us. You know, of course, ultimately we want to get to be that big university in San Antonio. Um, but we got to take the, the, the proper steps um, to get there. So this is just one step closer, you know, to, to doing and having a vision that we know that we have. Um, I think it'd be great for us to go out there and compete in, in that conference. And uh, if we do well, um, it's just a great testament to, to everybody who believed in us from, from Jump Street. Mm-hmm. And just look how far we've come. We're still a young program. How long? We've been playing for 11 years, I think. Yeah. So. Accomplishing the things that we've been accomplishing with Coach Shredder's help has been very tremendous for us, and I think we're going to just keep doing those things in the future. Mm. It's exciting. I mean, the the visibility, obviously, aspect of it is is huge. The level of play uh, that we're going into, some serious disruptor football teams within that conference, it has us all excited. You yeah. know, thinking back on this last season, one of, one of the more notable wins, Hunter kicking the game winning field goal in Memphis, um, especially at a time when Memphis hadn't they hadn't like lost at home for like yeah. two years or something. We, we we all went downtown <laughs> to a watch party, and we we're like, we're just, we're just gonna see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> that game was different. 
Um, yeah. That was actually two years ago. Yeah, so, that's two, oh, years, right. yeah, two yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game started off the worst you could ever have a game start off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like was... the first or second play of the game, I this, the ball comes and I, I I don't know what I did and I I lose it and they pick it up in the end zone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Seven points right there. Yeah. So it was just a bad turnout. I mean, we were down 21-0 first quarter, yeah. and uh, we just rallied and, and came back, and, and Hunter did a great job of, of winning <laughs> us the game. But I think that's just a testament of, of the team and believing in each other and uh, believing in the coaching staff. So that was, I think, one of the, one of many comeback wins that we had. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Too many. That, that season was just insane, yes. <laughs> and I remember because we, wa- we were watching the game at Pinkerton's yeah. downtown, yep. and we were all inside the enclosed area, and after we won, everybody stands up, and we're all singing the school <laughs> song, and it was, like, really cool. It was, it was awesome, really man. special. Yeah, like, it was it really was awesome. neat to, to have that kind of excitement amongst the fans and share that experience it together is. as UTSA alum. And, yeah, and fans. And I, last question: Out of all the games that you played uh, at UTSA, what is the game that sticks out to you most? I probably would say the UAB game. Not this year, not last year, the year before that, mm-hmm. when Oscar caught the the tip. Yeah, oh. that was like oh, that's the. Cr- I mean, I don't even know how to. Exp- I get. Che- I'm getting chilled right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how to explain it because. We get the ball back. We thought they were going to advance. I mean, it was like fourth and inches or fourth and one. We thought they were going to go for it and get it. Yeah. So prior to that, you know, going out the field, I'm thinking that's my last time running out there because, I mean, we're done. Right. Then we get the ball back with like a minute, like 10 seconds left. Yeah. And we go down the field, march the ball down the field. And then the last play started off with a snap on the ground. And then Sincere not kicking the ball. And then yeah. I'm just stood up. It was it was terrible for the jump street because I didn't. <laughs> I'll put the play fake to Sincere, but Sincere just ran by. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what to do with the ball. I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna run it. I don't know. And I see Oscar last minute. I'm like, uh, I'm just it. I barely Get there somewhere. Ah, then it gets tipped. I'm like, no. Oh, he just concentrated and caught it, and it was like the whole stadium just. Oh, went. oh my yes. god! Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I still have the video in my phone. Oh man! Yeah. From, from, from that, that game. was like a you had to be there to. Yeah. Yeah, that incredible. was crazy. And I remember before that game, we we were we were down at our seats, pretty uh-huh. close to the field, and looking at this like the the size of the UAB players yeah. blew my mind. Yeah, those dudes are big. They're, See, that's yeah. why nutrition is important. Exactly, and people. Big. We got. We got <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to support our team. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was it's it's wild. And I know I know I said last question, but you know we're looking at the. Younger players coming in, what what you're doing with some of these younger players, um, who should the fans be looking out for as far as players that we haven't quite seen yet? Y'all know Kavorian Barnes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Amador, he's a receiver from North Shore. Okay. Played quarterback in high school. Um, I think he's going to be good. Yeah. I like okay. him. Okay. Okay. And I don't really, you know, to me, a lot of the young guys got to prove themselves to me. Sure, yeah. You know, high school and college are two different games. Really, but yeah. He's going to be really good for us. Man, so, I mean, with the current shakeup of the receiver core, I mean, you know, yeah. it's, 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 good, it's good to know that there's somebody coming in to. Oh, well, y'all, have, uh, Taki Ogle Kellogg mm-hmm. um, is going to be great for us. Oh, nice. Uh, he's going to finally get his shot, prove, um, you know, why he was one of the top recruits in Tennessee. Hey, he's tall, yeah. man. He's huge. Yeah. He's like 6'5", yeah. <laughs> Just put it in the vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so having him and JT on each it. side yeah, and having yeah. Cephas in the middle is going to be great for mm-hmm. us. Um, I don't think we're going to lose a step, and yeah. I'm definitely excited to see what Taki does for us. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. I mean, and, and the first time I saw uh, Kavorian Barnes run the ball, I was like, he's yeah. got crazy it. Fat. He's got some magic. <laughs> he's, he's got, got some magic. <laughs> and he and he's smash mouth too, man. He takes it. He'll take it right out the gut. Besides the run versus Troy, yeah, you know what run I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, at yeah. two yard line. Yeah, Kavorian, that was terrible. I want you to know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man. See, we still give him crap for that one. I was, yeah, yeah, man. Coach well, said that's the worst run he's ever seen. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, man. Like we we were shocked at the outcome of that game, but uh, yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll make up for it this next yeah, season. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Frank, man, we really appreciate it. Obviously, thank you for everything you've done uh, for the for the program for UTSA. All the accolades are very well deserved. You know, I've been a fan of your style since since you uh, really started make, uh, having those starts and taking the snaps. You know, you're smart about football. You let the you let the play develop, which is I think very very important, especially for a mobile quarterback like you. Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay healthy. Don't go crazy. <laughs> But uh, we're excited about the the new conference, and, and thank you so much for the time today. Of course. I appreciate y'all having me. I had a great time. Great. Thank All you. right. Birds up. Birds up. 
So there you have it, Runner Nation, the interview with the QB1 of UTSA Roadrunner Football, Frank Harris. And I got to say, that guy has his, a great head on his shoulders. Yes, you know? yes. You know, he's definitely have the gift of communication and be able to jump in and out of conversations. And, mm-hmm. you know, the times that we've had to meet with him uh, outside of even this podcast and his ability to to really do as much as he can to meet every single person yep. and talk to every single person, yep. make it very personable, is completely incredible. Not, I mean, we all know what his record is. We all know all the uh, awards and and things that he's stacking up right now for himself in UTSA. But, you know, to have him come into our office uh, and sit down and spend the hour to speak with us the way that he did, uh, we can't be more thankful. Yes, he was a great guest and person to meet. And we thank him so much for his time. And we're just obviously going to be cheering him on through this whole next season. Yes. And the publishing of this episode is perfect. Tomorrow is game day. It's game day. Ooh, <laughs> so, my gosh. You, know, oh. we, you were actually just saying this the other day. Uh, our guest was maybe yesterday. You were like, man, can you believe that it's football season's already here? Like, and I can't wait. Man, here we are. Um, here. How many sleeps do we have left till football? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in, in speaking with Frank, too, I mean, in our conversation, we talk a little bit about, you know, how do you manage your nerves? How do you manage leadership of a team leading into big games, such as a game against U of H in Houston? Whereas, I mean, last time we were in Houston was nine years ago. Yeah. You know, so and that's like at the opening of their brand new stadium where UTSA took the win. Got to say that. But, you know, and then obviously last year's three overtime, unfortunate loss for the Roadrunners, you know, hopefully a little bit of redemption. But, you know, even talking about the UT game, you know, what is he thinking about the Tennessee game when you're stepping into these massive college football markets and, you know, being able to maintain your cool uh, as a man in his 20s, being able to do what he does Mm -hmm. while also being such a great human being that he is. I really got to applaud him on that. Right. But. Yeah. And, and be a leader, you know, when things aren't always going great out on that field and you know what you're doing is on a national stage. Yeah. I mean, to be frank, I mean, these games are being televised on broader and broader networks. And uh, so, yeah, it takes a lot of poise, takes a lot of emotional fortitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> For Wait. these young men, I mean, uh, men, you know, yeah. to carry what they do in day in and day out. And also be earning a college degree Two. at the same time. Two college Two degrees. College degrees. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's pretty incredible. So yeah. uh, student athletes, like to me, they're right up there as students I look up to, to be able to, to kind of handle what it takes to, to do both and be really successful. So yeah. it's not everybody's cup of tea. I would not be able to do it. So I'm... Yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty to tough. Them. It's definitely pretty tough. And, you know, and we have to be thankful as fans, too, for Frank to really kind of put himself out there coming into this seventh season and coaching these younger players that are coming in also. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's all about continuity of the program, continuity of the team. Because mm-hmm. um, setting the tone of the culture, with, absolutely. you know, behind with with. Coach Trailer sets out and, and you take that and as your team, you you harness that and you really embody it day in and day out. Yeah, because I mean, you, you know that there's a lot of young players that look up to him and, and some of the other I'm older sure. players that are sure. there that, you know, leaning on them for guidance on a lot of things. But Frank, thank you again so, so much. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Good luck on the season. We'll be watching and or at every single game mm-hmm. that, uh, that we can be at. And, uh, you know, again, thank you for what you've done for the university. Yvonne, what else do we have going on at the university and the Alumni Association? So we definitely uh, wanted to highlight that we are continuing our partnership again with Credit Human. So they offer a training series throughout the year, UTSA for our alumni, for students. And this first one for the fall is called Understanding and Planning for Financial Health. It'll take place on September 13th from 12 to 1 p.m. on the main campus in the HEB Student Union 2.214. And these are offered both virtually and in person. So if you can't make it there in person. You can participate and learn virtually online and there's RSVP information um, that we'll post. Awesome. It's it's good to see that partnership continue on all the classes that they've been providing over uh, really the last couple of years. Yes, yes. And they're very well attended. So grab yourself a spot if you want to learn more about planning for your financial health, especially if, you know, for our younger alumni who are venturing into the professional world. Well, here's the thing about it, too. We always talk about it's like, well, I wish somebody would have taught me how to balance a checkbook. Well, this is what we're trying to do (laughs) to help. You're not balancing a checkbook, but But, you're learning a lot about what Yeah, money is going in exactly. and out, how you're spending it and keeping an eye on it. Yeah. It makes a big difference. So thank you to yeah. Credit Human on that partnership, continued yeah. partnership. So uh, let's, let's jump into sports. Women's soccer season is definitely on. The Roadrunners defeated Central 
Arkansas five to one. They also defeated McNeese State two to zero. Unfortunately, took a tough loss against Kansas State two to zero in Kansas, but came back with a big win against Texas State one to zero at home for the I thirty five rivalry that's going mm-hmm, on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Roadrunners are back on the road with a game against Grand Canyon University in Phoenix on the thirty first, and California Baptist University in Riverside, California on September third. But check out GoUTSA.com for a full schedule with the next home game being Thursday, September 7th at Park West. Kickoff set for 7 p.m. against A&M Commerce. Uh, the Roadrunner volleyball team kickstarted the 2023 season with a trio of victories at the UTSA Invitational last weekend. They'll be back in the combo this week hosting the Roadrunner Classic with matchups against Lamar, Delaware, and Tarleton State. And here we are. We've been talking about it for months. Saturday, September 2nd, the UTSA Roadrunner football team takes on U of H in Houston with a kickoff at 6 p.m. You know, we'll be enjoying it from from elsewhere, uh, yep. but enjoying yeah. it nonetheless. The uh, the Alumni Association tailgate is sold out in Houston, but alumni and guests are still invited to come hang out at the alumni tent. Uh, there are vendors in and around the stadium, and we'll have a cash bar at the tailgate itself. Uh, this tailgate is presented by our good friends at Gilman Subaru. And if you can't make the game, this year's official away watch party location is at Alamo Beer Company. So really cool that we have a landing spot now officially mm-hmm. with the UTSA yeah. Alumni Association. Uh, the first home game will be Saturday, September 9th versus Texas State with a kickoff of 2.30 p.m. And keep in mind, the Home Game Alumni Association tailgates are now known as the all-new Forever Rowdy tailgates. Uh, yeah, come uh, check out the new branding at the tailgates. Yes, there you yeah, go. Yeah, come there you see. Go. Uh, th- this will be at the Hopkins lot, uh, free and open to all, uh, but we'll have rowdy coupons for purchase for food and drink, both available on the Alumni Association website as well as on location. And each week we'll have food from our famous grill team as well. Uh, La Gloria will also have a margarita truck plus a rotating theme menu. Loyalty and lifetime members get $5 worth of tickets with a $10 purchase, and lifetime members get get an exclusive color changing cup while supplies last. Ooh, we're going to be there first yeah. in line. So Got to get that color changing cup. <laughs> that's all the information on the tailgate. You awesome. know, I, I feel like we've been pulled aside a, a, more than a few times of saying, what's happening with the tailgate? Yeah, so, well, now you know. Now it's going to be a lot of fun. That's all of it. Yeah. You know, so we have a way tailgate sold out yeah, in Houston. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful response that we've gotten from the alumni. Great alumni base that's out in Houston. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The next away tailgate will be for UNT and Denton later on this season. So, uh, but there you have it. Another episode, another fantastic episode. Thank you again to Frank Harris for joining us. And thank you so much for downloading and listening. If there's anything you can do to help us, please make sure you leave that five-star rating review. It helps us more than you know. And don't forget to subscribe. We come out with new episodes every other Friday at 6 a.m. And we'll check you on the next one. Birds up. Birds up. Birds up.